1: Hello, hello, hello. This is Adrian Berg, host of Generation Bold, the Fountain of Truth. Did you ever wonder how so many people have the time and know-how to make podcasts and get their point of view across, make money, become influencers? Well, it's simple. They use Anchor. I've been a broadcaster for decades, but was clueless until I discovered the easiest way to make a podcast, and it's Anchor. Anchor gives you everything you need in one place for free. Yes, you heard that right, for free. You can use Anchor right at your phone or your computer to record, edit your podcast. It will sound great. And then they will distribute it everywhere, and I mean everywhere. This includes Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and many, many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership, you can fulfill your dreams, and you can be heard. Here's all you have to do. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. That's all there is. Anchor app or go to anchor.fm and get started now.
2: When I look in the mirror, I don't see wrinkles. When I look in the mirror, I see hair on my head, not my shoulder.
3: And hello, 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 and this is Adrian Berg, and this is Generation Bold, the Fountain of Truth. Fountain of Truth about what? Well, the Fountain of Truth about aging, the only syndicated radio show on that very heated topic. I had the opportunity to do a seminar yesterday and asked folks at this seminar, very, very intelligent professionals, how many had heard of the Washington Conference on Aging. Not one hand went up. I wasn't surprised. It happens every 10 years, and it sets the policy on Social Security, on any legislation that has to do with aging, and it's never in the news. Everything else is in the news, but it's never in the news. That's why we try to shine a light, even something so important as legislation on Social Security, Medicare, Medicaid, nobody hears about it. They hear about it here. Now, there are two people that are guests today on our show, uh, Dr. Bei Wu, Dr. Josh Shodash, uh, who is trying to get everybody to hear about aging, and they're starting in their little incubator, not such a little incubator, but New York University, to see if they can create an interdisciplinary buzz about factors of aging and maybe it's the only way to go maybe if we continue to looking looking at aging in a silo it's why we won't look at it at all but when we understand the breadth and the depth of this topic which we've been doing for 4 years here we begin to understand that it certainly touches everybody individually and personally but from the point of view of the professions, it also touches everyone, and maybe for the first time we have a look at this and an insight into what real thinkers and leaders in the field are doing. So I'm going to start with you, Dr. Shodash, and thank you first so much for being here. Thank you. And, you know, when we were talking before, I I asked you, well, what is your place in all this? And, of course, you are a co-director of the Aging Incubator, and we're going to ask you first what that is. Dr. Wu is also a co-director. We'll be speaking with her in a moment. Uh, what is the Aging Incubator, and what is it trying to accomplish?
4: So, uh, the Aging Incubator—I think the best way to think about it is—it's—it's it's really uh, a startup. That's the way we like to think about that in the most positive sense of the word, um, it, which means, in a sense, that it tries to be maximally creative, uh, entrepreneurial in nature, and to really look for the greatest opportunities at the moment and, and react and respond to that to try to achieve a place across the NYU campus where things that are anything that is related to aging can, can happen, can, can become more visible, and can grow. And that really means uh, all things that are important to NYU, most notably um, research and, and education. And so that we, we strive to bring people together across the university who have an interest in this area, which often can be quite diverse. But in doing so, I think we find um, new, new arenas for, for discussion around uh, a number of issues that are related uh, to aging in general.
3: Now, Dr. Shodash, you are a professor of medicine and population health, and, and that probably doesn't surprise anybody, uh, somebody who's in medicine, Population health is going to look at aging, but what would you say from the interdisciplinary point of view was the most unique a discipline that you're trying to bring together that responded to the issue of aging as an interdisciplinary uh, pursuit?
4: Sure, well that's that's pretty easy, and that that would be the arts. And our mm-hmm. Tisch School at NYU has been incredibly <clears throat> responsive and excited about. Um, you know, finding a platform for this issue, and we've been engaging individual uh, people within that school who, whose work uh, touches on uh, the aging topic in, in many different ways that can intersect with family, it can intersect with memory, it can intersect with culture, um, but all the things that you might think about that are relevant to, to aging certainly uh, play, have a place in the, in the area of the arts.
3: Now, I'm going to uh, morph over to Dr. Wu for a moment, but I'll give you a little plug here. My daughter, Rose Bachner, graduate, pr- proud graduate of Tisch, and is uh, some of my listeners know, is the casting director for a very popular TV show called This Is Us. And that particular show is a show about aging. It starts with a family, young, and then it has to portray those same actors as they grow older. I'll tell you it's not an easy task artistically to express um creativity and show the images of aging and I'm hoping that the incubator is going to have people really think about this seriously. So Dr. Wu, we we talked about with Dr. Shodash this effort that you're making to bring uh aging into an interdisciplinary arena. He's telling us that art and of course medicine would be part of this. Uh, you are a professor of Global Health. Is it working? Is there a buzz that's going on because of this? Um, he's saying that it is so at Tish any buzz at, at in the business sec- uh, sections uh, I'm assuming it's uh, pretty hot when it comes to the medicine and bio but how is it how is the response of the faculty the students when you say hey we're going to do an incubator on aging?"
5: Uh, well, uh, we're certainly working on this uh, because if you look at the, the, the size of population uh, increase, this is a worldwide phenomenon. So, and actually aging means business, right? So, yeah. <laughs> um, we, I, we certainly but, think so here. <laughs> right. Hmm. Um, so, uh, of course, at the present time, not so many people from business sectors, from 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 law um, law professionals, they may not particularly think this way. But uh, this is something we're we're working towards in the raising the awareness and the visibility of the aging incubator. And think about that their 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 clients, the the future clients. This is going to. Uh, uh, affect their business as well. And it certainly creates a lot of opportunities. But this is a kind of a process that, uh, that uh, will not happen at, at one night. So it, it can be a long process. But if you see that people, your clients, the, the, the changing demographics are in the nation and they, uh, along the globe, then you eventually realize, will realize this.
3: You know, uh, I'm a financial gerontologist, and I work in the world of investing. And just now, just recently, there are first-time ETFs and mutual funds that only invest in stocks that will benefit from worldwide aging. And this is a new phenomenon just in the past year. So I think in many, many ways it's catching on, but as we said, there's a silo effect. Now, I know there's a contest coming up, Dr. Shodash, uh we have about two minutes or two and a half minutes. explain this contest which intrigued me it was my first understanding that you had an incubator because you're doing a contest and I'd like to hear a little bit about that and how the students are responding. Sure.
4: So are you referring to the image contest? Yes, the image contest. There's, so we've had a few, you know, just to mention briefly, you know, we had a um an Innovation and Aging Award which was across the campus where people could come together, um, uh needing to be involved in more representing more than one school or institute to come up with an idea and um, and that is still that's in process now uh we have uh, one uh, group from a, from uh, that are graduate students that that are uh, working on a particular particular area uh, and we're and along those lines we're also collaborating with with NYU's um, eLab, which is an entrepreneurship lab that that uh, works with students who have uh, interesting ideas. Very often, these are these are applications or apps. Um, uh, sometimes they're devices. So those are things that uh, we're doing. But I think the award you're referring to, which is the is the image competition, is an opportunity for students across the campus to present an image that will be that will be judged by a panel um, that conveys some. Some concept, uh, some idea, some could be something very new. Could be something that's not new at all. That's that's compelling, um, and you know, it's a, it's an art competition in a sense. So obviously this is a is is a has some subjectivity to it in terms of the the uh, review criteria. But we've had uh, – I don't, I don't know to date, actually. We've uh, been away recently, so we have a meeting this afternoon. I'm sure I'll hear, but I think there have been an, a number of uh, submissions to this as well, as there were a number of submissions from various uh, entities across the NYU campus for the original um, um, in Innovators Award. Well, this is wonderful. So the interest, we're the gonna interest is certainly little, growing.
3: We're going to take a little bit of a break. We'll come back talk about that concept of image. I mean, this is our mantra here. We have something on on our website, which is generationboldradio.com, folks. So if you have an interest uh, to hear a guest, if you have an interest in the topic, go there. If you go there, you'll also hear something called the Aging Police. And that is when we blow the whistle on different companies, ads, and so on. That you are putting image of aging of it, in a negative way. Well, can we fix that? Will we get productive? Dr. Roo, Dr. about that? And I freely fall.
2: admit I'm inappropriate for my age. Da 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 da. da, da, da. You, you may think, think that I'm, I'm full, full of it, but that doesn't bother me not even, not even a bit. Cause I am happy
1: and I freely admit I'm inappropriate. Oh,
3: my age. Da, 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 da. He's inappropriate for his age. Now, you know, that's our little ditty that we have here at Generation Bold, the fountain of truth. My name is Adrian Berg, and for those of you who don't already know, this is really your show. If you go to generationbold.com, generationboldradio.com, you can hear the show on, your, uh, on any mobile device anywhere in the world. You can hear our wonderful guests, many of them who come from everywhere, England, Australia, uh, China, Japan. We've had so many people because, uh, as Dr. Wu, who I will reintroduce to you in a moment, said, aging is a worldwide phenomenon. Uh, And it's your show, so if you have a guest, a topic, a book that you'd like reviewed or uh, promoted here, let us know. And if you're just one of our many listeners with a big question, You don't know who to turn to. We have a lot of resources on aging that will support you. And please remember that aging starts at 30. Uh, We have a doctor here, so maybe I should be so... We'll ask him in a minute. But it doesn't start at 65. Uh, And it doesn't necessarily mean that it has to do only with people of a certain age. So this is a show for everyone, because if you're not aging, you know where you are. You're not listening to this show, I'll tell you that much. Everyone is aging. Now, one of the problems with aging, and why I have to say this, why I have to make a pitch for everyone to care about aging, is the images of aging are very difficult to face. Media creates the image, and the image they create is one of either foolishness or decline or poverty or ridicule. Why? I don't know, because they're doing this to themselves, hopefully they're aging as well. Dr. Wu, who is um, a professor of global health at NYU, co-director of the Aging Incubator, Uh, Dr. Shodash, professor, professor of medicine and population health, and he's also, I will talk to him about this in a minute, director of the Friedman Center on Aging and Cognitive Health. They have a campaign going. They have an idea. and Maybe with this interdisciplinary view of aging, Uh, being uh, a channel through NYU, we will be able to change the image. So let's talk to Dr. Wu about this. Uh, You you sounded very passionate to me when we had our break as to what you felt you would like to generate in the new images of aging. Can you tell us about that?
5: Well, think about this is uh, aging uh, images. This is very much uh, socially constructed and culturally constructed. And the people certainly in this country, in the United States, the culture is very much oriented towards youth. So that's why actually they have quite a negative uh, portrayal of aging. But in, in in different countries, certainly people see this can be somewhat different. So we need to actually change the culture in that. That's what we, we, we think about, well, aging is... Uh, is an is a, is a natural process aging uh, comes uh, it's, it's a long lifelong process and we certainly see aging aging uh, represents wisdom aging is uh, is a natural it's the, we we need to celebrate aging because this is basically it's a it's a, a achievement that we have uh, uh, we have made so far this is uh, that how we can live uh, with that uh, uh, with longevity, so this is something brings a lot of wisdom, brings a lot of uh, uh, positive uh, uh, things as You
3: know, I'm going to put this to you a little bit differently because I'm angry about it. You sound a lot more rational, Dr. Wu. I'm really angry about it, and I'll tell you why. You're absolutely right. This is a cultural phenomenon. The way we look at aging is a cultural phenomenon. And mm-hmm. if you go to and see French films and you see Jean Moreau, the, the great Jean Moreau, or if you go to British films with Helen Mirren, you're going to see some very sexy women in very sexy settings with no issue of their aging. Now, here, if heaven forbid you happen to be over 70 and you look good, what do they say? You look good for your age. Not to look Uh, good and stop the sentence right there would be fine. Why is that? I mean, uh, it's so different culturally, and I don't get why that has occurred. Is there there any insight through the incubator or through your studies as to why there is such diversity in image? Well,
5: certainly, actually, if you think about in this society, we very much emphasize on productivity. And, and, and uh, right? So think about yeah. if people retired, the well, they're not generating anything. So they're not productive anymore. So in this case, we're so much focused on activity, productivity, right? So, so if you retired at this point, so you basically linked to wealth, you're basically useless, right? So you don't generate, you don't contribute to society anymore. So that's kind of, uh, I
3: think it's something partially due to that perspective. Yeah, I'm going to ask this of uh, Dr. Shodash. I think that's right, and it's another source of frustration for me because I see a lot of people in my practice, financial uh, gerontology, who are retiring. And I ask them what they plan to do, and they look at me blankly. And they really should be all fired up. And they're not fired up. And there is something uh, about that stereotype that Dr. Wu mentioned that has a grain of truth to it, where we're ready to coast. Now, at the Friedman Center, you're dealing with a lot of things. You're dealing with aging. You're dealing with cognitive health. Uh, are we getting cognitively healthier? I mean, can we contribute? Or should we simply say, you know what, uh, we, didn't, we weren't born in the technology age. We can't learn. And we're, we're, we kind of make ourselves redundant.
4: Well, you know, in fact, in many ways, we are becoming more uh, healthier cognitively. And, you know, we have a tendency, particularly in this culture, to focus on the negative. Uh, and part of this is born out of fear. Part of this is born out of a sense of fear about loss, fear about loss of independence. And I think part of this is tied up, into it's certainly tied up into our culture in the United States, which is, which is, you know, fiercely committed to independence, and, and I think in some in some false notions about what that really means. That also means separation from family. You know, your your goal as a teenager is to get out of the house and to get as far away from your parents as possible. In one stereotypic way, but there are other families where that that doesn't happen, and in fact, your your, your goal is to. Is to grow and be acknowledged and and, and loved and uh, be ver- and and feel the pride that your parents have for your accomplishments, you know. And I and I actually was very very fortunate to grow up in a family just like, like that. that. We're going to have yeah, to and,
3: a moment and take a little bit of a break. We come back. and want to continue this conversation. And then, Doctor Shodish, I want to also ask you about some of those innovations. Um, That uh, the other contest dealt with and what came out of that. So, we have plenty to talk about. Uh, For those of you who don't know the show, this is Generation Bold, the Fountain of Truth, and the only syndicated show on aging in the United States of America. Can you believe that? We'll be right back. Don't you know anything? That
2: doesn't bother me, not even a bit, because I am happy and I freely admit I'm inappropriate for my age. Da 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 da. I think that I'm full of it, but well, that doesn't bother me not even a bit, because I am happy and I freely admit I'm inappropriate for my age. Da, 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 da.
3: One of the things that I am ver- very concerned about, and if you go to our website, GenerationBoldRadio.com, you will see the aging police. And what the aging police does is it blows the whistle on negative images of aging. Uh, You know, for those of you who have been listening to the show for four years, you know that we have many, many types of guests that look at aging from the medical point of view, psychological point of view, housing point of view, creativity point of view. But many of those people are steeped in their one individual silo. They all come up with the same ideas of how to become uh, uh, in, in, an area that you, where you could thrive as you age, and those ideas are usually fairly similar. But they come up with it independently within their own silo. We're very pleased today to have with us two guests that are trying to change that the way that we think and how we go through the process of thinking of aging. Uh, Dr. Bei Wu, who is a professor of global health. Co-Director of Aging Incubator over at New York University, uh, Dr. Josh Shodash, who is the Professor of Medicine and Population Health, but also uh, he's the Director of the Friedman Center on Aging and Cognitive Health. So they are trying to create a buzz throughout the university, and right now they actually have a contest on the images of aging, and we pieced this out in our first couple of segments, and I felt that Dr. Wu really made an insight for me that I have not had before, as much as I've thought about aging. And that is why the images of aging are so negative. And she said, very correctly, I think, it really struck a chord, because we are a society that prizes productivity, is her word, it's perfect, we don't see people who are older as productive. They don't work anymore, and so on. And I threw that over to Dr. Shodash, uh, who, uh, to the question of, is it true? Are we unproductive? Are we cognitively unable to contribute to society? And he began to tell us before we had our break, I really want to hear this, um, because I'm very optimistic. I'm the poster girl for aging, but I want to be realistic, too. Otherwise, we're not the fountain of truth. So, Dr. Shodish, what's the skinny on this? Those people who see us as negatively droning the economy, are they right? Are they wrong?
4: Um, You know, in general, they're wrong. And, in fact, we we, we read statistics, we see these reports, and unfortunately what makes news is often what's negative, not what's positive. And if I give you a statistic that might say that 50% of people who are 85 years and older have some form of cognitive impairment, That means that 50% don't, and even in my own practice, I have many patients that are well into their 80s and even their 90s who are still productive, productive in the way that Dr. Wu was talking about. Um, There are certainly many other ways that people are productive that we don't talk about, Uh, but these are people that are still working. They're still still contributing in that way. We don't talk about the way people contribute in other ways that are incredibly important that may not be... In the workforce, but I think what happens is that some smart companies are starting to realize that when people retire at the age of 65 or 70, that they're actually having a brain drain. That these are people that have institutional knowledge, and we know from from cognitive studies that one of the areas in which people improve cognitively as they age is in the area area of wisdom and decision-making. Part of that is borne out through experience, and there, but there may be some other things that are operating there as well. So we, we're left with sort of kicking out some of our, our, our best, our smartest, our best decision-makers who have the benefit of personal histories that they can bring, literally bring to the table when important decisions need to be made. So that's, a, that's an area that I don't think we've really focused on
3: and I do a lot of work and a lot of uh, interviews, we talk about crystallized intelligence, we talk about fluid intelligence, and we try to explain to the public that crystallized intelligence actually does improve with age because we have more neurological patterns, we have more experience, as you say, we can decide better, we may seem to be slower in our decision-making, but that's because it's more deliberative. Uh, We may be a little slower in uptake of learning, and that's a matter of individual ability. But it's a very hard concept to get through, that you can actually have greater cognitive strengths as you age. Uh, I'm going to, again, I gave a little shout-out to my daughter. I'm going to give one to my father-in-law. He passed away last week, and he's the Mm -hmm. poster boy, Dr. Shodesh of what you're talking about. He passed away at 94, and Mm -hmm. starting at age 90, he began to lecture at colleges and high schools <laughs> on World War Two, And it was, was a hit. Uh, last I time bet. I went to see him, yeah, there was 114 kids. Several wow. of them, he told me, hugged him. One he thought was really cute, but that's another story.
4: <laughs> <laughs> and he
3: was a sergeant major. His name is Marvin Bachner. You can see YouTubes of him uh, doing the lecturing. And he was also commissioned by the United States government to do some of that lecturing. Uh, because he was one, he was the commanding officer when the first concentration camp was discovered and liberated with Eisenhower, Patton, and, and Montgomery. So it's quite a story, and he told it, and he didn't start to tell it until he was 90 years old. So there, there you go. Now, Dr. Wu, you gave me a little bit of hope. You told me that you had done some research and a study uh, a while ago where you thought maybe the images of aging were improving can you tell us a little bit about that?
5: Right. Like, even just think about, when we think about older adults, we think about dependence. But in reality, that the percentage of older adults who are actually really totally dependent is a very, very small percentage of the population. Even 20 years ago, when I was in Boston, we did a study at the University of Massachusetts, Boston, we actually have sampled, uh, we surveyed more than 1,000 individuals age 85 and above. Think about 20 years ago. Okay. Okay. So we actually, the findings we found, actually is quite, there's a majority of these individuals are so much, are very, we're very much engaged in community. They provide volunteer work to, uh, to some uh, community organizations. They, uh, they um, drive other people to churches and to go shopping. They provide support, not even, well, both actually physical and emotional support uh, to their loved ones, to, to their children, and they provide a huge amount of caregiving to uh, other people, to their spouse and to their other family members. Now, let's look at actually caregiving. Caregiving is, we don't talk about, we don't connect caregiving with actually economic, socio-economic values, but there's a tremendous amount of caregiving actually are provided by older adults, and these actually, if you think about economic values, it's huge. We're talking about billions and billions of dollars. So these are kind of activities. So it's really actually it's, it's a think about give us a much more uh, comprehensive, a complete view of aging because we're talking about those age eighty five and above. Very much they were very much engaged in society. They provide a lot of care to other people, also. So that's something different from what we put, we kind of uh, this uh, society portrayed. About aging.
3: You know, it's so true. Uh, in my former life, I was a practicing lawyer, and it was elder law, but we would often get uh, matrimonial issues. And those were the days when people um, would not value being an at-home mother or wife. And we started a business uh, of evaluation. How much was your work worth, even though you didn't get dollars for it? What would happen okay. if you had to hire the babysitter, the cleaner, the laundress, and the, the, the driver, and so on? And it, it, was, it was hundreds of thousands of dollars a year. Uh, and it, it, it stuck. Uh, eventually, matrimonial law changed, and the value of the at-home wife and mother became clear. Well, this is exactly what you're saying about the value now right. of the grandparent. The grandparent. Oh yes, that's
5: uh, exactly what I'm going to say next. Yes, yes. sorry. Cindy. Yes, go ahead. Right, and the, and the grandparents, uh, grandparents living grandchildren.
4: It, it, it's
5: um, well, I I have done actually quite a few research uh, uh, projects in China. Grandparents living uh, grandchildren is so common in China yes. that, and that,
3: may be why the, <laughs> that may be why the the that particular culture prizes aging. And calls older folks National treasures when we come back right. I want to get ourselves a little bit more global We'll take a little bit of a break I want to go back, Dr. Wu, with that issue I happen mm-hmm. to um, Have been able to be privileged to Visit the first gerontology program At the University you of Beijing And I want to talk about that it, Because it's so not different, not it
2: different. We'll be right back I am happy And I freely admit I'm inappropriate For my age, da-da-da-da, da-da-da-da, you may think that I'm full of it, but that doesn't bother me, not even a bit, cause I am happy, and I freely admit,
3: I'm inappropriate,
2: for my age, da-da-da-da.
3: And hello, 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 this is Adrian Berg, and this is Generation Bold, the Fountain of Truth, and I am so enjoying my conversation with Dr. Wu, uh, New York University Professor of Global Health, Co-Director of Aging Incubator, Dr. Shodash, Professor of Medicine and Population Health, also Co-Director of uh, Aging Incubator and Director of Friedman Center on Aging and Cognitive Health. And if I had 10 hours, I couldn't give you their whole resume. It would not be enough time. Uh, Then I got lost in the fact that this is our last segment, so I have two really big, things that we want to talk about, and we're going to start with the biggest, Dr. Wu, and that is international aging and global aspects of aging, and it happens to be the AARP committee that I sit on, and that is the issue of international aging, and it's fascinating. So give us a, 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 some at least an opener, a thought on why it is so different in Asian countries and, and, and China in particular.
5: Well, I think actually this is a, probably is
3: a, uh,
5: uh, again this is a, a different culture in Western kind of quote unquote Western uh, society that we are so much emphasis on independence, but in Asian countries that traditionally have been focused on interdependent generation interdependent. Okay, so. so that's actually, for example, that's why you think about uh, in Asian countries, and not particularly in China, these grandparents raising grandchildren become so common. So when they, uh, so, so grandparents can raise uh, grandchildren, uh, then you leave this middle generation, the notion is they can be actually uh, more, they can more focus on their own work. And in the uh, career development, so that's what the whole kind of uh, the family, a lot of it, intergenerational uh, connectivity. So it's connected it, to each other. Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah, and it shows in every yeah, way. That, uh you know, my my work, a lot of my work is in design, uh, or what's called environments for aging, and consulting with different groups that are designing for aging, and then my other part of it is how do the people pay for it. So I was fascinated by the hutongs. I'm I'm probably saying it wrong, in Beijing, which were purpose-built housing. Yeah, very old. They're they're, they're ripping them down now because they're so old, Uh, building the high-rises. You know, now nobody will talk to each other. But what they were supposed to be and were, were places for intergenerational housing. It would be unthought of to go uh, and separate a family. But we we don't have that. We don't have that at all. And it's part of our caregiving issues. So now, when I'll toss this back to Dr. Shodash, um, you're trying to change that. And you're trying to change it, as you say, by not being a center, but by being interdisciplinary yourself. Can you can you uh, explain that a little bit to the folks who may sure. not realize the structure of academia?
4: Sure. Well, you know, centers are certainly uh, interdisciplinary, and my center is a inter- very much interdisciplinary center. But I think when a, when a center – centers typically sit within, within schools and within departments, and, and, and by virtue of just that, barriers are created, meaning people from the outside don't necessarily feel like or have, find ways to to – uh, work their way in or to or to become part of that. And because the aging incubator does not sit within a school, a specific school, and because the, all the co-directors, including Dr. Ravies, who could not be on this call as our third co-director, we all, have, we all come from different disciplines and have different interests. And because we sit directly under the office of the provost, we we really are we really are able then to relate across the entire NYU campus and hopefully over time continue to add schools and institutes and colleges within the with, under the NYU umbrella. Both here as well as on other NYU campuses, NYU is a global institution, and 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 creates I think some very important collaborations that probably have not occurred before. Collaborations between the arts and engineering, between between um, healthcare and business and law. I mean, you can just you, you if you just let your mind wander, you can um, you know it's really limitless possibilities. So that's something that we we are uh, particularly excited about.
3: And I'm very excited to see what the students will come up with, with images of aging. And I'm going to tell tell you the truth. I'm a little frightened too. I really don't know where they'll be coming from and what they think is positive, because it's a a little bit'll go a long way. But I wonder. Uh, and Dr. Wu, what's your anticipation? Uh, you're going to have a meeting this afternoon about it. You think you're going to see a lot of submissions? Give us a, a clue as to what you what you expect to happen.
5: I, I, I think we're going to see a variety of uh, <laughs> of the products, and certainly I'm I'm pretty confident that we'll see a lot of positive images of aging. Yeah.
3: And uh,
4: can uh, I just uh, that? Yeah, go ahead? Do, I would just add, you know, I th- rather than thinking about, well, we're, we're really going to achieve positive images of aging, certainly I think we will. Uh, I think, though, the other thing that we're trying to foster is a discussion because we, we can't get to that place until we, we, we call out some of these issues so that they're, they're right in front of us, they're on the table, and we can talk about them in, in hopefully some very meaningful and change-producing ways.
5: Well, can I also jump in for a second? Yes, go ahead. Right. I, I think actually it is also create opportunities for people actually to talk to each other and for students to understand more about um, uh, their parents' gener, their grandparents' generation. Because a lot of things that I think that we miss is because they don't know much about this generation. So the, the, the opt- to create opportunity to, to interact with each other, that actually can understand each other. So then actually,
3: I, yeah. And I think that that's wonderful, and I wish I could continue the conversation. I can't believe that we're at the end of it. And uh, I, I can't explain to the audience how much I feel that this is the beginning of something big. If we change our images of aging, we change our images of ourselves, we change our life pace. We change what we think we can accomplish for the future and our contribution. Uh, we increase business, as Dr. Wu says, no question about it. We increase our willingness to have better cognitive health and our own self-care. So this is major, and I we're going to have. Uh, I hope we'll have our third uh, co-director on one day and the two of you again as soon as we see what some of those things are we could share them with us. And for everybody else... Get out there, kids, and make it happen.